does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. You're listening to the best of Kevin Inquiry on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. So yesterday, a lot of conversation about a lot of different topics, and um, you were there, Kevin. I mean, I was there for the players. You know, I saw Kenny Moore and Jelani Woods, and but, but Ballard's overall tone, demeanor, um, you would list it as what? Um... I, I I guess optimistic. I mean, I, I would figure every GM feels somewhat level of optimism heading into his season. I, and I don't think he's going to come out and be like, yeah, we're in rebuild mode and we're going to win four games this year. Um, but I, I did find the Taylor and Pittman comments particularly interesting. Um, Mark, if you can cue up the Jonathan Taylor clip yesterday. I mentioned this a little bit earlier in the show. I felt like it was the first time from Ballard that we heard from him in talking about Taylor a little bit of hesitancy a little bit of he said some things that I think he was speaking to Taylor's agent and I hadn't heard that from him in regards to Taylor before and I guess it kind of makes sense because think about it the last time we heard from Chris Ballard Jonathan Taylor had taken a very quiet stance and since then Jonathan Taylor's certainly not taken a very quiet stance so here was yesterday Chris Ballard a little bit on Jonathan Taylor yeah we're not going to get in the I mean you know me on the contracts we're not going to get into any what kind of contract negotiations we're getting into with any of our guys. So we'll move forward as we, I mean, look, we've been, I mean, our history's really good, you know, but saying that, we're coming off a four win season. We have a new coaching staff. So we'll kind of let it play out as it does um, and make those decisions when we need to make those decisions. Yeah, well, he says history is good. He's referencing the history is pretty good about re signing their own. That that is yeah. We take care of guys, right? It is there because I know some people are like, does he mean that the history is good between him and Taylor? No, no, no. He, he wasn't meaning that. He was meaning their history is good, and re-signing draft picks that perform well. But that coaching staff aspect he threw out there, Jake. He mentioned that on more than one occasion yesterday. Like, hey, we, we got a new coaching staff. They've got to evaluate things. Well, where did Chain Sykin just come from? Philly. What happened to Philly's leading rusher in the offseason? Well, their leading rusher was. They're leading running back. Yeah, they're leading running. I was going to say. I mean, they use their quarterback a lot in that regard. Yeah, you got they. They went by committee, right? He's in Carolina. Miles yeah. Sanders is is. Oh, I thought you meant. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Not yeah. there anymore. So you know, if you kind of go off some of that, does Shane Steichen come from the thinking of I am good with rolling with you know multitude of backs, and that's how um, I want to operate there? It, it's there. Just seems like there's a little smoke with this Taylor thing. And you can point to several things. And we'll have Stephen Holder on a little bit later, who I think is very plugged into the storyline to talk more about it. But, you know, yesterday, late in the show, Jake, you had Ian Rappaport tweet out something to the effect of Jonathan Taylor is, you know, whatever. Is he on the fence or he's not going to report to camp? And then 10 minutes later, the Colts are tweeting out a picture. And it's like a back and forth there. And then you look, and all of a sudden, Taylor's liking a tweet where someone's mentioning that the only reason he's there is the Marshawn Lynch meme of I'm just here so I don't get fined. Um you know, Steven, I think, tweeted out last night about, you know, I can tell you that all options regarding taking a stance on his contract were on the table. Is this pup situation a little bit of that, considering he's coming off the ankle surgery and he was very cautious in returning to the field last season? Like, 
Rappaport does not tweet that out, Jake, out of nowhere. I think there the most- is some reason for that, and the Shaquille Leonard agent agent connection I think kind of adds to it as well. We saw Leonard do something similar in regards to his health before signing an extension a few years ago, and that's why I think my my antenna is up a little bit with this. My to me the most interesting comment Chris Ballard said there, Kevin or. Mark, play that exact clip again, and I'm going to tell you when to stop it. Keep my mic up. I'll tell you exactly when to stop it when Chris Ballard says the most key part of that soundbite. Yeah, we're not going to get into, I mean, you know me, on the contracts. We're not going to get into any what kind of contract negotiations we're getting into with any of our guys. So we'll move forward as we, I mean, look, we've been, I mean, our history's really good. You know, but saying that, we're coming off a four-win season. Boom, right there, stop it. We're coming off a four-win season. What do you think about Jonathan Taylor, Chris? I think he's a great player. I think he's a great guy. We're coming off a four-win season. What do you think about Jonathan Taylor in terms of securing him for the future? I think he's a really important player. I think he's a great player. I think he's a good guy. We're coming off a four-win season. That's his subtle reminder. That's his little jab. Um, Jab's probably the wrong word, but that's his, his rightful, subtle reminder of, look, you can, we can go, you guys can go on and on and on to me as his agent, as his representative, as fans, whatever, about how critically important this guy is. We had him last year. We won four games. There are other things that are bigger priorities. And he's a, he's a critical piece. Don't get me wrong. And he's a great player and he's a good guy. But that is Chris Ballard saying, you know, it's like I always say when, when some quarterback gets traded somewhere and you're like, oh my gosh. This puts that franchise over the top, and you're like, I don't know, does it? Because the fr- the, the team he's coming from, they were seven and ten, and had equal the supporting cast of the place where he's now going. So why does everybody automatically think they're going to be anything other than seven and ten? I think what he is saying there is, look, he might be an important piece, but we still have a team around him that won four games. So we got to try some different things. Mark, play the Michael Pittman clip, if you don't mind. And as you get that queued up, Jake, I'll ask you this question. And obviously you're going to react to it after you hear the Michael Pittman clip. Why do you think Ballard used that tone with Taylor, but not that tone with Pittman? Mark, you got the Pittman clip? Yep. Here we go. Here's Michael Pittman in, in relation to – here's Chris Ballard, I should say, on Michael Pittman from yesterday. I love Pitt. That freaking dude likes to compete. And he had frustrating moments. I mean, he was frustrated because he, he's a competitor. I mean, you know, here we were as a team and we weren't playing well. He was frustrated and he's emotional, which I love. Like, I don't, I don't mind guys that are emotional and care because they want to win. Like, and, and guys that want the ball. I mean, that stuff doesn't bother me. Like, I would rather have a guy like Pitt who wants it and wants to win and does all the little things competitively uh, right um, instead of a guy that just kind of accepts who his role is. So having him, his presence, his competitive nature, the way he works, he'll be a little limited early just because we'll be careful with him here this first week or two. But... He has been diligent in his work ethic, getting back from this injury. He is highly competitive, um, and, you know, he's a, he's a big piece of what we do. Last thing he said there. Why he's the difference? Why that for Pittman and not that for Taylor? Because Pittman, first off, Pittman plays – okay, this all comes down, Kevin, to Anthony Richardson. The Colts have – this is different than Phillip Rivers – this is different than Matt Ryan. This is different even than Carson Wentz. 
Chris Ballard's future, Chris Ballard's reputation, Chris Ballard's legacy as a general manager is now all in the basket of Anthony Richardson. So because it's in the basket of Anthony Richardson, he's got to do everything that he can to make sure that Anthony Richardson is a success story because Anthony Richardson's success or failure is going to define the long-term, and and for that matter, even I I say short-term, but let's say three-year and beyond, hold of Chris Ballard as the general manager of in the NFL of the Indianapolis Colts. He knows that Anthony Richardson is the engine, the transmission, and the keys to everything of his future. So therefore, he has to make absolutely certain that Anthony Richardson from the get-go is given all of the training wheels necessary. And the reality is in 2023, the training wheels for a babied quarterback is a wide receiver and a comfortable, comfort-level, big target over the middle that's reliable for him and yes Jonathan Taylor is absolutely an important piece to that but Jonathan Taylor is far more even though he is an unbelievable talent and there aren't necessarily the running backs that can execute the running back position to the level of Jonathan Taylor what would be asked of a running back that is replacing Jonathan Taylor is an easier fill than what would be asked for a wide receiver that would be replacing Michael Pittman he knows he has to have Pittman because that's what's going to allow Richardson to get off and going so based off so based off that you think a better chance michael pittman is re-signed versus jonathan taylor yes yes is that a change in thought based off what you have felt for the last couple of months no because i think taylor is a wonderful player but i think taylor is a more fungible position i think taylor's here's the thing and this is where it gets tricky that's Kevin. interesting because isn't that different than how the colts have always operated i mean they've they've re-signed the guard they've re-signed the linebacker no you're right they drafted taylor right. in the they, second round they, you know draft a dude in the second round if you're going to bail on him in 4 years here's the thing well they drafted him in the second round under a different regime well no no and Ballard drafted him i'm saying coaching he keeps talking about like new coaching. We got new coaching staff. We won four games. We got new coaching staff. We got to see. We're going a new direction, you know, etc. Uh, again, none of this is meant as a slight at Jonathan Taylor or his skill level. I think he's a tremendous talent, and he is a home run hitter and an exciting. Jonathan Taylor puts fans in the stands, no question, and and he won them the New England game, no question. But it's a new. There's a new sheriff in town, and Shane Steichen, and. You are going now with a, every single move the Colts are going to make for the next 18 months are going to be centered around making life as acclimated and easy as possible for Anthony Richardson. And now, Jonathan Taylor, on the other hand, if I'm Jonathan Taylor's agent, what I'm saying is, and this is where the yin and yang and the tug of war becomes interesting. If I'm Jonathan Taylor's agent, what I'm saying is, and I think they know this, Jonathan Taylor is more important to the Colts than than he probably would be to other franchises. And I and I would be leaning on that. Hey, listen, you, you need this guy to, to be one of those things that is alleviating pressure off Richardson. But the receiver is the comfort level from a quarterback standpoint. I still think both of these guys are going to be here long term. But I thought yesterday was really interesting. And I think Jonathan Taylor is pretty darn dug into the sand. And how he reacts to all of this. Uh... Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's going to be fascinating to see play out.
here. Uh, Matt Gay, kicker of the Colts, walking up right now. He's just got a few minutes with us. He's got to do some pre-practice kicking coming up here in a few. So he's going to join us uh, here in about, uh, what, 36 now seconds? He's, he, for, as a kicker, as kickers go, he's a big dude, right? Let's just say this. He doesn't look like Hot Rod. Yeah, he looks Hot like... Hot Rod could get, could get lost in the, in the mix here. Those cleats don't look comfortable, though. Matt, thanks for joining us, man. No, 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 all good. Yeah, hop on right here. Now, now those, now kicking cleats. Do you have to wear those too small? Like, are they, like so some people, some people say like they like to squeeze into the smallest right. cleat possible. I am not a believer. I was gonna say that would be <laughs> terribly uncomfortable, right? I, yeah, I like. I'd rather just be comfortable. Like some people like their feet are cramping and hurting, but they like it. And I'm no just, thanks, like, right? For me, it just comfortable. Matt, I know we only have you for a few minutes. Yeah. Let's go back to 2020. You were here on the practice squad for how many weeks? Uh, like eight. Were you actually here? Because I remember that sometimes yeah. the practice squad during the COVID year, they kind of just like, hey, if we need you, yeah. stay home. So you were here. I was here. I was in India. Yep. And all of a sudden you sign here in the spring and I'm reading your quotes and you're like, this is a place we want to raise our family. Yeah. Like we loved it here. What in eight weeks during a COVID year made you think this is where you want to be here to raise now three kids? Yeah. I believe you got one on the way. Yep. Uh, it was just a great, like, I think the Midwest overall, I think is just like an awesome place. I think people are great. People nice it's not super busy so for family i mean you can just kind of raise your family and nice neighborhoods nice people and the organization itself was just amazing when i was here i mean when i left tampa i think i was i was probably in a rough space mentally just kind of things i went through to go there and then to come here i just felt like almost free like they just kind of let me be me and let me kick kind of how i wanted to kick and kind of get back to my roots and just kind of be free-minded and just kick free and that eight weeks for me is probably one of the most important for my entire career because I think that just like allowed me to reset, get back mentally. And they were super great about, you know, just letting me be me. And, and it was great for me to also come here and kick on practice squad without like needing to play that week. Sure. I could kind of just decompress and kick and some work on some things and figure some things out. And so that eight weeks was crucial for me to kind of figure it out. You could loosen your shoes a little bit. Loosen my shoes. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, let me ask you this, Matt. And I know that we're in a shortened time frame, so I hate to go like heavy right off the bat. Perfect. But you tell me if this is, and I don't know if sometimes you don't know everything you read, Mm -hmm. but, um, I had read that you had, as part of your faith, being from Utah, that you had gone on a mission trip. Yes, sir. Which is part of, the, obviously, your religion. Mm-hmm. Mormon, right? Yep. Mormon religion. Mormon. They have a beautiful temple, right? Uh, is temple the right word? Yep, temple. I'm sorry. They have a beautiful temple right in the area. But but the, during that time, your mission trip was cut short because of just mentally where your focus was. Yep. I don't, is that, that is a fair statement? I'd say that's probably fair. Okay. Yeah. So, and so, you, you know, you work through that. Kicking is such a mental game. So if you're somebody who had an, a, a time period where you went through some tough times, you went through some some mental challenges or emotional challenges, mm-hmm. better word, better way of saying it, did that assist you and help you in your career because kicking has to be so mentally focused and now you have waded through those waters? I think so. I think you just learn, like, I mean, problems are problems, right? And if you learn to solve problems, you learn to work through problems, work, work through emotions in any facet of life that can carry into other aspects, into business, into relationships, into marriage, into raising kids. And so for me going through that whole process, I was able to like understand, okay, this is how my brain works. This is how my mind works. Be able to break down and work through problems and get back to square run. And just also just like, I think in those moments it's important just to keep going, keep moving. I think a lot of people shut down and just like. Was uh, that hard for you to, to learn that? For sure. Yeah. I think you go through some times where, you're rough mentally or you're you're not where you want to be and um 
but the whole the whole quote like if you're going through hell why would you stop like why are you just gonna stop in hell like you gotta keep moving if you're going right. through hell keep moving so in those moments you just gotta keep moving forward keep going keep showing up keep grinding um keep you know giving yourself the best opportunity to, to get better and to, to grow and so that's what i just kept doing so is this being in indianapolis and being a colt now and getting that contract is it in fact a rebirth for you i mean a relaunch of or, or you know in, in other words can you look at it and say because you should be able to look at it and go i'm proud of myself to be able to, to go through that hell mm-hmm. and end up here that's a long route man for sure so i mean you, i think you look back to some of the hardships some of the trials and stuff but i think every person that's been successful every person that's that's done something good or something they're proud of went through some tough times or went through some hardships um and battled through those to then get on the other end and so for me it's it's a good moment to look at and be like i've earned this i worked through some of this stuff and i i've you know been through the challenges i've been lows and now i'm up here but being able to stay steady uh, i'm not staying too high so you get that contract but you got to go in the next one so it's back to work matt i know you got to go kick so last one um you signed, obviously, a pretty lucrative deal. You know, I, I think when the signing happened, oftentimes, mentioned with the signing, it's like, oh, highest paid kicker this, you know, biggest signing this. You've kicked in the Super Bowl, but do you feel pressure having to live up to all of a sudden a contract that, I mean, you're a fifth-round pick. That's high for, yeah. for, for a kicker. Yeah. So I know you felt pressure at different points of your career, but, like, what is this feeling now where a team has rewarded you in a very significant manner? And I think yeah. a lot of fans were a little surprised by it. Like, whoa, sure. what was kicker that big of a need? Yeah. Uh, for sure. Uh, I mean, I think there's there's always pressure with the kicker position i think there's there's moments and there's hype or whatever you have to say it but i think just looking at it at a different mindset like just i got my deal for what i did and the success i've had and now it's time to go earn the next one and so not putting the pressure on like i gotta be this perfect i gotta be this lucre this big deal kicker or whatever just like if i just be me and show up every day what i've been doing continue to put the work in continue to do what i've been doing and continue chasing like continue like the hay's never in the barn you know you never made it so just continue chasing continue i got i got more goals i got more dreams and i got bigger things to to accomplish and so keep my head down and keep grinding and keep showing up every single day and i think the rest will take care of itself what's the longest kick you've ever hit in practice Uh, just even if it's um, with your buddies in high school whatever it might be i had a 75 at the rams I said like, 72. It's like messing around. Uh, <laughs> just messing around, yeah. Now, is this yeah. off a tee or is this literally off the ground? Just snapping hold. Snapping hold. Wow. So, but that's messing around. It's probably a little wind at the back. That's and you don't have an so. entire line coming at you. I mean, it, no, it obviously yeah, changes, just, right? Yeah, it changes a little bit. The, the, the ball at flight, the angle changes and stuff like that. You could drive it a little lower, but yeah. I know you got to go around. kick, but I hear you're a great golfer. I'm okay. I'm not saying I'm great, but I'm all right. I heard scratch. No, definitely no? not scratch. No? Okay. No. Right. I'm like uh my handicap says I'm like a seven right now, but I'm okay. probably more like a nine or ten. Okay. All right. I well, thought it, some I great thought it was, courses up here in Hamilton County. I thought it was so a requirement here, if yeah. you grew up in Utah and you were a member of the Church of Latter Day Saints that you go to Brigham Young. Like, did you buck the trend? Oh no, that's not a no. Well, I, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm not saying literally a requirement. I'm saying like you would think that that's you, you know. Think, what I mean? Yeah, a lot of a lot of people do. A lot of people like I never grew up a BYU fan, so I never grew up wanting to go to BYU or do anything. I just, I grew up wanting to play soccer, and at the time they didn't have a college soccer program, and so I wasn't. I wasn't interested in football or any of that stuff growing up, so I was never a BYU fan at all. But Utah Valley, baby. Utah New Valley. Colts kicker, Utah. Matt Gay, getting ready for his first practice. Matt, thanks for the time, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks. Appreciate it. Matt Gay right there joining us here live at Grand Park.
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. By the way, one house cleaning item. Uh, just heard the promotion there, or the ad, if you will, for the upcoming NASCAR IndyCar doubleheader that's going to take place the weekend of August 11th out at the Speedway. So two weeks from this week, or, you know, two weeks, yeah, two weeks from this weekend. Um, I am still, for the next couple of days, going to have up the auction. You can go to my Twitter account. It is the pinned tweet. I am auctioning off my spotter position. So this is somebody that would be over the age of 18 with a that can pass a background check and is not afraid of heights. I don't know whether I'm going to be in the turn two of the oval perch or turn one of the oval perch. But either way, whoever, uh, if you were to do so, is the winner of the online auction, you will get a credential for the weekend that includes garage access, includes pit access, and uh, come up with me up into the media center for our pre-race show meeting. Uh, basically as much or as little as you want to hang out and then go up with me into the turns and just kind of get, you know, you'll get a scanner and the whole deal to be able to listen to the radio broadcast and watch the race itself. And the, again, on Twitter, on my twin uh, a pinned tweet is where you will see the online auction all of the proceeds going towards the um, cardiovascular unit at the heart unit at Riley Children's Hospital I love that so what a cool experience and obviously an awesome cause so and I'm very thankful for the people that reached out to me to ask me uh, to do that I did not put this together someone else asked me if I had anything to donate and I said it's a great idea. let's do it Let's do it. Let's do it. So that's where we stand right now. We'd love to have somebody uh, join me. Stephen Holder going to join us, set to join us if he gets out of traffic here. Um, got a guy with a sign, make the Colts great again. Make there we the go. Make the Colts great again. That's, Let's go. wonder who he voted for. That's been <laughs> Should we have him on? Stephen call in to Tony Katz. Tony Katz is still going on at 930. <laughs> okay. So, by the way, somebody just sent me a thing. Thank you guys for not talking politics on your show. Oh, well, let's just throw that out the window. What the hell? Stephen Holder going to join us here in a couple. Jake, things that I'll be watching for at 10 a.m. Um, well, I guess post-practice. Do we hear from Jonathan Taylor? That will right. be a dominant topic with Stephen here in a few. Uh, certainly the quarterback reps. Uh, I am eager to see Juju Brents, the first practice for the Warren Central native. Dealt with a wrist injury during training or during the spring period, so we did not see him at all during the spring. Uh, and then lastly, and I say this because it's just the most recent time we watched the Colts, Gardner Minshew, Anthony Richardson, the passing offense, they were horrific to end minicamp. Now, a lot of personnel around them was missing. Horrific Michael, seems harsh. I, I, I thought it merited that. I think combined, I think the two quarterbacks were 4 for 15 in a practice setting. I have a question for Stephen Holder, who is just about to sit down that has nothing to do with Anthony Richardson or the Colts. Would you like to begin with your football question, and then I'll ask him my totally non-football question? No, let's just get you out of the way. (laughs) Stephen, I would like to know how Hamilton was in Broadway. Ah, it was actually phenomenal. I I was not, like, really up to speed on Hamilton. For whatever reason, I'd never, like, you know, listened to the songs or watched it in other in another forum and uh 
Yeah, so I, had, I went in with like no expectations or anything. I just went because it's like, uh, I'm in New York, it's playing, you got to go. And I was kind of like, man, I'm glad I went. But, you know, obviously the impetus for that was was you, right? So we had this conversation before. I probably would not have considered it had we not had that previous conversation. So, no, very well, money very well spent and uh, no regrets. I, I Did you find it hard to follow? What's that? Do you find it hard yeah. to follow? Like, so, I, I, yeah, there's there's some truth to that. Like, like this, like I wasn't clear sometimes. Like, okay, is this is this story is this part of the story true or is or is this like some like tangent or right. so there was some moments of that and so I did a lot of googling after the show <laughs> to make sure that well I, I thought like, right some of the storyline to me was kind of hard to follow because um, it, it seemed like like when they're singing the story when they're singing the plot to you yeah it's hard it's hard yes. to understand sometimes what that they're saying true. and you're like wait a minute, i need to follow along with what the lyrics are here but uh, the one thing that i thought was the most impressive about it was the fact that the different characters the the speech or, or excuse me the music that they that they sing the the i don't know what word of, the style of music that they're singing yeah. is based upon where that character had most historically speaking most recently been the states right. or france or whatever so yeah no, uh, it, was, it was it was cool but it was it had it's like it had a lot of genius in it though when you know when you take a step back and you kind of digest it all yeah for sure um in terms of this camp and the the, the play that's unfolding before us what is the biggest storyline is it Shaquille Leonard, is it Jonathan Taylor or is it the question mark of Anthony Richardson? Those other things are big stories and they'll matter a lot. But but those matter more to the outcome of this season. And frankly, I don't care what the outcome of this season is. <laughs> I think this season is about the quarterback. If if they get through this season and we know that the Colts we know for the Colts that Anthony Richardson is likely the guy. You know, whether he is 100%, that's sometimes hard to tell after a rookie season. That's fine. But if we feel pretty good about Anthony Richardson moving forward and we and they feel like that was a, a draft pick well-invested, then this was a success. Yeah. That's where I stand. I, I don't really think we need to overcomplicate this. And I'm, not to put any pressure on the kid, but there's a lot of pressure on you, kid. <laughs> I mean, he has it has to work out because if it doesn't, then we all have to do all this over again, and I'm exhausted. Now, yeah, does Chris Ballard I, I get a chance to that. do it over again? Like, is everything for Chris Ballard resting on Anthony Richardson? Oh, yeah, I think so. Because he, he resisted the, the need to, to really aggressively go after this quarterback for so long. Granted, the Carson Wentz move was aggressive. It just was the wrong move. But, but I think there were other ways that maybe they could have considered. I'm not saying they had a, a ton of opportunities. But the bottom line is, it, it was a lot to survive what he has survived. Let's just put it that way. And so to to expect that you could survive another round of, of quarterback, you know, another for, quarterback fiasco, no, I don't see how that's possible. Um, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't even mean that Chris Ballard wouldn't be a viable general manager somewhere else and, and couldn't have a, a very successful football team. I mean, you know, they've been dealt a pretty, you know, nasty hand. I get all that. But but it's just a matter of turning the page. I mean, you turn the page with Frank Reich. Is, is Frank Reich a good coach? I, I think he probably is. But they had to turn the page, right? And that's what it would be, I think, with, with Chris Ballard at that point. At that point, you just you blow it all up. You uh, brought up Hamilton in the play earlier. 
I guess to continue that analogy, Stephen Holder, by the way, joined us here live at Grand Park. Colts training camp practice begins in about 15 minutes. It's easily the biggest day one crowd, Stephen, that I've seen. Yeah, and, I couldn't even and, get in here in the parking lot. Covenant camp, yeah. I, when you said you were stuck in traffic, at first I laughed, and then I'm like, wait, I mean, look at the crowd. I, I, I shouldn't be that shocked by it. What type of player are we seeing, seeing from Jonathan Taylor right now? I, I'm, I'm confused. I think there's smoke to potential fire. I'm confused because it's not Taylor's personality to do this. Um, I thought Chris Ballard's tone yesterday in regards to Taylor was sung a little differently than it usually is. I know there's a lot there. Uh, what do you make of it all? I think, well, let's, let's start with Chris Ballard's tone. Because, you know, a lot of times we sit here in these press conferences and there, a lot of things get said, and we have to sometimes go back and, and digest it later. And that was, I think, the, the case for me yesterday. Um, I'm looking for the quote right now. I'm not finding it. But the point is, I felt like when he said, you know, we take care of our people, et cetera, he said the right things there. And they have. Quentin Nelson, Shaq Leonard, et cetera. However, he also followed that up by saying, you know, look, we'll deal with that when we have to deal with it talking about Jonathan Taylor. Well, they don't have to deal with it now. They don't have to. Yeah, he can play out the final year of his rookie contract. Right, and yeah. that's not the way he has characterized those things in the past, I have felt like. Now, he has never come out and, and said, we are going to extend this player or not going to extend this player. He, certainly, he's not been ever that definitive. But this was, I thought, and that was the only state. that was not the only statement, by the way, that, that led me to believe that. I, I thought the tone of those comments were, yeah, you know what, we love Jonathan, but... But, big but. And so anyway, to your question about is there smoke here, look, the first thing Chris Ballard said uh, about football yesterday was, okay, hey, let's just get this out of the way. We've got a couple guys going on PUP. Here they are. Boom. Yeah, Ta- Will Mallory, Taekwon Lewis yeah. at the time. This is noon. Right. And then 5 o'clock rolls around and Taylor goes on the list. Now, granted, it's totally plausible things could have changed in the interim. He did say we're still clearing some guys through check-in and all that. So so I, I think there's room to give him some benefit of the doubt there that maybe uh, Taylor had not gone through that process yet. But I think when you take it all into context, we have never, ever heard Jonathan Taylor say a peep about anything, ever. In fact, you and I have talked about this. He gets up there at the podium, and we just, like, I, I go, like, you know, start scrolling through Instagram. Yeah. You know, I love the guy, but like he's, yeah, he's del- not going to say anything that matters. No, he's deliberately boring, says nothing, and goes out of his way to say nothing. And this is the same guy who, for the past month, between his comments in person to us at the end of the offseason and, and also what he has said on social media of late, this is the same guy now who is making very very aggressive comments about his situation and those of other running backs. That is a very much, that's very much a 180. 100%. And so I don't think that can be discounted. And and, and it's not the first time, I can't say what's happening here, but it would not be the first time that a player has taken this approach that, hey, you know what, until this gets worked out, I'm, I'm not practicing. Putting them on PUP is, is kind of convenient, potentially, right? Do you think this is that? I don't know. I, I, I think it's a fair question. I think it's Can you question. put a player on PUP without – in other words, is that is that totally franchise discretion, or is that – does there have to be a medical right. backing of that? So injured reserve is definitely a little more scrutinized. I don't think PUP is quite the same. Now – 
there's there, they don't have to really make a a big defense of this. I mean, he had surgery. I, right? Is it possible, Stephen? Yes. Is it possible? And I think unlikely, admittedly, but I'm just throwing this out for the sake of all bases. Is it possible the Colts started Jonathan Taylor after his off-season ankle surgery? It was an off-season or late-season surgery. Started him on the pup list to give themselves ammunition in negotiations of talking about reliability of health of player. I think likely not. And the, so I, I don't know, but my my sense is no because I just don't think that helps you as a team. I don't I don't think in the grand scheme that's advantageous for you. So what I'd say, what I would also add though, is that uh, Jonathan Taylor, his he and his camp and those around him had discussed all possibilities coming into this. Now I don't know what they where they landed. You know he showed up clearly, right? So that was not not showing up was was not part of their calculation. Fifty thousand dollar fine, right? If he doesn't show up? Uh, yeah, potentially. Remember yeah. that's a, that's a discretion area too, right? The team can fine you or not fine you and, and oftentimes they don't find their their best players if, if the situation gets resolved. But it is you're you're definitely putting a lot on the line. So anyway, just to wrap it up, uh, he did consider all options and one of those things that at least was talked about was showing up and sitting. So I'll just leave it at that. It's very interesting. Stephen Holder is with us here. Obviously, ESPN.com. You saw him on SportsCenter over the weekend. That's how much the Jonathan Taylor story and obviously Anthony Richardson as well have reached kind of the national stage. I walked away from Chris Ballard yesterday, Stephen, and I thought to myself, that was the first time I've ever heard Ballard speak to Taylor's representation through us a little bit. And also, his tone in regards to Taylor was nowhere near his tone in regard to Michael Pittman. Yeah. I don't know if I'm overreading that. He's always loved Pittman, to be fair. I mean, he, he's always spoken very highly of Pittman. But if you just look purely off the production of the two players through their three years, Taylor is above Pittman. There's no debating that. But if you listen to Ballard yesterday, he sounded like a guy that is much more the admiration, the ad- however you want to call it, for Pittman mm-hmm. versus Taylor to the point you made earlier. We like him a lot. You pay good players regardless of position, but it's a new coaching staff. But we're a four-win team. But we'll see it you know, play out when we need to get to that decision. It seemed like he just threw in a lot of caveats with Taylor, whereas Pittman it was just like, I love him. Yeah. You, you know when you're trying to make a decision and you make, those, you make that pro and con column? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what he was doing, except it was like, Two pros and like five cons. Right, it didn't say any cons for Pittman. <laughs> no, it was very strange. And I would also say that look, you've got as Anthony Richardson's agent uh, right there, made him a very yeah. rich man. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I enjoyed a nice meal last <laughs> night in the Westfield area. All right, shout out to Derek. Anyway, so with 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 Taylor, I agree with you. First of all, look, he has been. I don't want to say more valuable because that's that's a they're different positions and that's impossible to measure. But in terms of impact and 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 plays that won games for them, game winning plays, I think it's Taylor. When you compare the two players, there's no question about it. And I agree with you. I think he really was Chris Ballard, seemingly trying to make the case of why they're not going to do it. And I really thought the. The statement about having a new coaching staff was extremely interesting. He said that interesting. on three different occasions yeah. in regards to Taylor. So what's the interpretation there, right? What, what do we think? So are we saying you don't, you're don't, not sold on Jonathan Taylor? Like, does this coaching staff have to evaluate him? What the hell are we talking about? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I said it to Jake earlier. Okay, where was Shane Steichen's most recent stop? Philly. Yes. What happened with Miles Sanders this, this offseason? 
Yeah. I mean, he, he moved on. Yeah. I mean, and they kind of had, even with Sanders, they kind of had a bike. Is some of that approach. based on how much they see they can run the ball with Anthony Richardson? Because I think part of that is because of what they were able to do with Jalen Hurts, right? Right. No, and they go hand in hand. It's a chicken and egg thing. You know, are, are the Eagles a good rushing team because of Jalen Hurts? Or is Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, a product of their their running scheme and, and the running game that they run? You know, they probably go hand in hand. There's... There's some truth to that here, I suppose, right? I mean, the Colts have – there's some history. You go back to Marlon Mack getting hurt in, what, 2018 and, and the Colts sticking in, you know, any number of other backs. And and Jonathan Williams, yeah. the 100-yard rusher for a couple games. Right. Yeah. Where is he now? Uh, he, he ran for a couple 100-yard games. And they were, I think, uh, I think they were top three in the NFL in rushing that year, if not number one. So – yeah, there's there, and, and Sirianni was here for that. So you know, so obviously his thought process, you know, being with Shane Steichen the last couple of years. So I, there's a lot there. I know, I'm, and I'm talking in circles. I understand that, but I do think there is a recognition in the NFL today that running game, in large part, is part of scheme, is is a product of scheme, and and also a product of having a good passing game too. Let's be honest. If you have a good passing game, you're going to get some opportunities in the running game. So. But I also would would counter that by saying I do think Jonathan Taylor is a cut above. I think he's special. I think the big playability for Jonathan Taylor is what sets him home run for hitter me. for sure. Yes, exactly. Okay, which is more true? Yesterday, from a health standpoint, which is more true? Shaquille Leonard yesterday was really good news, or Jonathan Taylor yesterday was really bad news? Uh, <laughs> I do think. Look, Jonathan Taylor's going to be on this football team, and he's going to play in the end, right? This year, at least. So I think the bigger, the, the bigger news in the grand scheme, now, I want Jonathan Taylor to get his money. I hope he does. Good player, good guy. But in the grand scheme, the bigger issue for this team, or the bigger, I guess, news for this team, is if Shaq Leonard is, is truly close, that is a game changer. We haven't seen this guy at full strength. It's been like three years. And, and the last time he even played most of the games, he led the NFL in, in turnovers. So I, I really think if you go back to 2021, granted, that season ended very poorly, but there are games that I think you can directly trace to his, him causing turnovers and them winning the football game. And they, they lost that last year. Their defense was fine. It was okay until they just kind of got tired at the end. But the one thing they did not do nearly enough was cause turnovers, particularly when the offense was turning it over at the rate that it was last year. I so, thought it was best said yesterday to Forrest Buckner. I was telling Kevin. We asked him about Shaquille Leonard. And he's like, you know, he just has an it factor, which is yep. a, a really honest way of saying I don't know exactly how you how to quantify it, but there is something about him that is a difference maker when he's on the field. He is he's just different, and it's not something that you can kind of measure. I think DeForest Buckner is right. You know, it's interesting to bring this full circle. I was thinking about this on the drive over here. You know, we talk about positions of value, and inside linebacker is not considered one of those at all in this day and age. However, the Colts paid Shaq Leonard, and and I don't really think. I think most people just kind of said, yeah, all right, it's a lot of money, but we get it, right? Even though he plays a quote-unquote non-premium position. And I think I put Taylor kind of in that category. I'm not saying give him $20 million a year. I mean, that's, that's crazy, right? But I'm just saying in terms of evaluating the two players, sometimes players can be judged outside of their positional value 
based on their contribution. I, I think I kind of put him there. But but Shaq, I think he transcends the position that he plays because that position is not considered one uh, to be a, a $20 million position. And if he's out there, though, I mean, he... I think it, was he worth twenty million in two thousand twenty one? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Again, Stephen Holder's with us. Colts practice about to begin here at Grand Park. This is easily the biggest day one crowd. I mean, honestly, it's one of the bigger crowds I've seen. Period. Yeah. For a training training camp practice, uh, you can hear Matt Taylor in the background as he is announcing things with Shaquille Leonard and company out there for practice. Uh, we'll end with this, Stephen. I'll give you an A, B, C, or D, or and this is July twenty sixth. Both. Taylor and Pittman are on this team in 2024. Neither are on this team. C is just Taylor. D is just Pittman. Oof. I think I think both end up here. Uh, you know, they're going to have they're going to have a ton of cap space in next next spring. They're going to have a ton of cap space. I mean, they always do. They do now, but uh, they're they're going to have some guys coming out of contract. You know, so they're going to be fine from a from a financial standpoint. And I, frankly, uh, Jonathan Taylor, I think, is going to probably learn, if he has to play this deal out, he's probably going to learn that a running back on the open market isn't worth Correct. what it used to be. He got he's bad gonna, news yesterday, yeah, right? I mean, there, there's going to be more there's value There's more favorable here. situations elsewhere than there Correct. are here for him. Yeah, I, I think there's going to be... This is a, a good marriage with the kind of quarterback they have and his skill set. Cap I, space, of course. Absolutely. They've got. Yeah. yeah, I would say my answer is also A, but it yesterday made me pause a little bit. Yesterday, I I'm like, I kind of walked out of there, I'm like, oh, Oh my gosh, my head is spinning a little bit. <laughs> Look, he, he, that was either posturing or negotiating. I don't know, but but there was there was a lot to chew on there. It was something. <laughs> Stephen Holder, ESPN, a busy man. He's been all over this Taylor story. He will continue to be. Stephen, thank you.